Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Turn to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, so after scoring a 5-0 win in Washington this afternoon, the Oilers are heading home, and they have plenty of home games coming up. First of all, they got the Ducks at Rogers Place on Sunday, Vegas on Tuesday. Then they go away for... One road game, Thursday, November 30th, that is at Winnipeg. They kind of got a bit of a funny schedule. They do not play again until December 6th, so five days off, almost like a, a mini bye week there. And then it's a big six-game homestand from December 6th to 16th. They got Carolina, Minnesota, New Jersey, Chicago, Tampa Bay, and Florida. And, well, I'll just go all the way up to Christmas. Then they go out east uh, for three games, the Islanders, New Jersey, and the Rangers. How about this? The uh, Rangers and the, uh, the Devils and the Rangers on the 21st and 22nd of December. I know I'm getting a bit ahead of myself here. That's the first back-to-back the Oilers are going to have. Uh, so, anyway, that is a look ahead. Points are precious for the Oilers. They have uh, not banked nearly enough, but they'll try to build on this 5 nothing win over the Washington Capitals. Pleased to welcome back to the show. He is presented... By Horse Racing Alberta. Experience live standard bread racing each Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more info, head to thehorses.com. He's from Daily Faceoff. It's Frank Saravelli. Frank, my name's Reed. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? Hi, Reed. Uh, good to be with you again. Yeah, how was your Thanksgiving? It was really good. I had uh, young Tyler Uremchuk uh, from Edmonton down to spend uh, Thanksgiving with us. And uh, he's a big Bills fan, so he's coming to the Bills-Eagles game on Sunday. And it was nice to have a little Canadian flavor at our uh, at our table for Thanksgiving. All right, so what was on the menu? Can you, do you mind sharing that? How, how elaborate does the meal get in the Cerevelli household? Uh, it's not very elaborate. Like all of the uh, traditional Thanksgiving staples, the turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, some sweet mashed potatoes with uh, marshmallows. Uh, melted on top, a nice little crispy coating. We had a green bean casserole with some crispy onion strings on top. Uh, we had a uh, roasted potato hash as well, which was good. Some peppers in there and onions. And I think that's pretty much yeah. it. I'm a big, like, my, my favorite is stuffing. So I'm a big stuffing guy. That's my that's my jam. And a little embarrassed to admit it, but I have, like, a, a stuffing hack. I, I take the stuffing and I, I sprinkle some, uh, some American cheese on top and throw it in the microwave for 30 seconds, get it good and melted, and then uh, just, just 
slather that thing in gravy. Well, that does sound pretty good and incredibly healthy as well, which is the, the main yeah, thing. I was going to say, yeah. it just sounds really, really fat. So I'm a little embarrassed <laughs> to admit, but it was once a year, I, I think, you know, went in Rome kind of thing. So not very elaborate. I wasn't expecting that length of menu. I thought you were just going to be like, oh, we ordered a bucket of chicken. But no, uh, that sounds pretty no, good. No, no, you can't do that. That's not, <laughs> that's, that's not what we do. Maybe for Canadian Thanksgiving, well, which isn't the same. So that's my question. So, uh, like, you're uh, you're an American, but I mean, you cover the NHL and you're in Canada all the time. So you're like an honorary Canadian. And as, as you know, Jack Michaels, one of our play-by-play guys here on six thirty, Chad, is uh, American from, from from Pennsylvania, and he says Canadian Thanksgiving does it wrong. That we got to go to a four-day weekend and extend it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, like, are, are well, you of that mindset? We, yeah, we cracked our first beverage yesterday at ten a.m. Football comes on at 12 noon Eastern. Uh, you you kind of hang out while the bird cooks all day and, you know, family, friends, everyone's around. And then if you're lucky enough to live near family, like after dinner was over, we uh, drove over to my in-laws five minutes away for dessert and then hit up my family's house. Uh, so it was nice, you know, beautiful day. All right. Well, that sounds uh, very uh, heartwarming and perhaps heart-burning, giving the uh, food that you're able to consume. Huh. So that's <laughs> that's really good. Hey, uh, th- thanks for hopping on the show here. Uh, I don't know how much of the Oilers game that you got to watch this uh, this afternoon, but a, uh, a, a, thorough, a thorough and much-needed performance, I thought. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It was, and I thought, first off, it look, it's not going to all come back in one day, but I, it felt like there was at least a shred of confidence building, which is big. And the power play just, it looked different. It looked like they were moving the puck with authority. And I, I heard the comments and saw them from uh, Leon Dreisaitl and, and the, the message that he sent to the power play unit and the little meeting that they had and, and how important that is to get it going. And we've talked a lot this season about the goaltending and how much that struggled. Um, the Oilers' defensive zone play and how that has been, at frankly, at best, indifferent at times. Uh, but to get the power play and and Drysaitel McDavid on the scoreboard, that's huge. It, it can cover up a lot of your mistakes. And you know, had the Oilers played this same way in games forty to fifty this season and had gotten off to a good enough start. I don't think anyone panics or is as worried as you've been to start this year, and rightfully so because of the way the math works in the NHL. But when you can't get a save and you can't get your lethal historic power play to perform and all these things begin to pile up, it feels overwhelming. And today it kind of felt, you know, I I had a little bit of these vibes when Jay Woodcroft's last game against Seattle where things just started to go in. I think the other positive, too, is the Oilers didn't really give up a lot today. No, they didn't. I mean, Skinner made, uh, I would say, 
two or three excellent saves and a bunch of solid ones, but they were much more efficient and played a much simpler game. You mentioned, you know, how the math works in the NHL, and we talk a lot about the Thanksgiving. First of all, I got to ask you this: who who started this? Who's the first person that said, let's look at the standings on American Thanksgiving and compare them to the end of the year? Like, it's just become part of this thing we talk about in hockey, and I don't know where it started. Was there, like, one guy that said, I'm going to check this out? Do you remember? I, I do. I actually think it started, if I'm not mistaken, I think it started with Elliot Friedman. Oh, Elliot did it. And I think so. Either that or the early November stat. And someone did, and I can remember it was when I was covering the Flyers before I went to TSN. It was probably 2012, maybe, before the uh, or 2011, before the lockout. People were just kind of really beginning to dig into the numbers. And it was kind of then when you realized if you don't get off to a great start, it's almost impossible to make up ground in this league and, and put yourself in a position for success. Well, I'll throw one at you, and I'm going to give credit to uh, a gentleman named Jamie Nye. He used to work here at 630 Chad. He now hosts uh, a show called The Green Zone in Regina. I'll give oh, you a yeah, hint, Frank. On there. Yeah, they talk a lot about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but they do. Uh, Drew's on the show, Drew Remenda. And Jamie yeah, said... Jamie Nye, the science guy, yeah. hasn't on there. <laughs> That's right. So he, he looked back at the last 20 years, and I was on his show yesterday, and he asked me this, and he said, how many teams have made the playoffs after being 10 points out of the playoffs on American Thanksgiving, because that's where the Oilers were. And I said one, assuming it was St. Louis from a few years ago, and it was actually zero, because teams do get in, but I guess nobody's ever come back from uh, from double digits down. But, I mean, the Oilers got to play 650 hockey the rest of the way. That's that's basically how they get in. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't even think it needs to be that daunting, uh, because I'll give you two reasons why for optimism. One is this... Outside of the top three in the Central and the Pacific, it's a lot of mush. I'm sorry, but St. Louis and Nashville and, you know, you think to Arizona and some of the other teams that are sort of treading water around there, Seattle, none of those teams scare me. And the Oilers are perfectly capable of ripping off 10 wins in a row uh, when they're playing at their best and they're confident. So... I don't have any doubt that this team can go on a significant run. Um, that said, it, time is of the essence. Like, you at least have to just play yourself into a position where, and, and I believe this is their own internal mindset, which is just get to the midway point of the year, 41 games at level ground. Anything can happen after that. That leaves you having to only get Probably, like, the historical bar, meaning the threshold of guaranteed playoff uh, entrance is 96 points. No one's ever had 96 points and not made it. Uh, So I don't even think it's going to be that high this year based on the way the Pacific and Central Divisions are trending to get one of those two wild card spots. If you can get to... 41 points in 41 games that leaves you having to get probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 54 in the final 41, which really isn't that crazy. So I think this team has the capability, but their season, no doubt is, is on life support. They've got two weeks, three weeks at the very most 
to begin trending in that positive direction. Yeah, and I was given the schedule eight of the next nine at home. Uh, I mean, they have well, they haven't been great home or away. Uh, they've bumped up their home record to th- to three, four, and one. But it, it took them a while to win a game at Rogers Place for a couple of weeks. Their only home win was at, at Commonwealth Stadium. I, I want to ask you a question about the Capitals. Uh, they're ten, five, and two. They they don't score a lot. They they didn't look great today. Like switching over to the Eastern, are are they a team that you expect? Like, okay, good for them, but can they maintain it? How do you look at the Caps? Yeah, I think they've been a good story to this point, and it's interesting because Alex Ovechkin got off to such a slow start that you're like, man, is this the year that Father Time finally catches up to him? But they've gotten a big boost from John Carlson being back. I don't think people realized how significant his injury was last year taking that puck to the head and the damage that it did to his ear and then the subsequent time that he missed with the concussion related to that. It was a really tough spot to be in. And, and having a you know a guy who has been in the Norris Trophy mix for a sustained period of time back and healthy in your lineup is a big deal. So that part and just talking to some outsiders that watch the Caps very closely, um, Evgeny Kuznetsov has come to play this year. And when he decides that he wants to, um, he's one of the very best players in this league, as you saw back when it was a, a debate in 2018 as to who should win the Conn Smythe, Ovechkin or Kuznetsov. Um, I voted for Ovechkin that year, but he, Kuznetsov was damn close. And, you know, you look at that team, I don't really view them as a significant threat. Um, if they were to make the playoffs, I, like, I don't see them as a team that can do damage. I think there's they're too thin, too many holes. You see the TJ Oshie injury today. That's not going to help if he's out for any sustained period of time. But they're a team that I think has exceeded expectations, no doubt, to start. I just don't have that much confidence that they can hang on. Frank Cervelli from Daily Faceoff joining us on Oilers Now. Reed Wilkins with you today filling in for... Bob Stoffer, uh, I'm going to throw this one at you. Can you summarize what is going on with Mark Andre Fleury's mask and how much of a well, maybe you don't think it's a bungle, but how much of a bungle by the NHL has this whole thing been? Yeah, I think it's really disappointing that players don't have the ability to express themselves, especially when it's such a no-brainer, um, you know, cause. For instance. Um, so if you're just tuning in and you don't know the backstory, essentially it's this. Um, he had a local uh, indigenous group paint him a mask. And because his nickname is Flower, there's flowers on it. And there's some Native American and, and you know stuff inscribed in there um, in terms of you know a message. And he had that presented to him today. And his plan was to wear it in warm-ups. And he had been told specifically by the league that he wasn't allowed to do that. And then he was, I was told that he was planning on wearing it anyway and ready to take the fine. And then the league said to the wild, if he wears it, the team's also going to be fine. So now everyone's in this tough spot. And of course it all stems back to the pride tape. And last year with the pride jerseys, um, because some players didn't participate that it, it left the whole thing with negative attention and the league didn't want that. And they wanted to try and get away from that. But I think they cracked back too far in saying that no one can have the freedom of speech, the freedom to express yourself, which I think is really important. Like, I think one of the things about last year is that 
players have the right to, to express themselves the way they want. And that works both ways. Ivan Provorov doesn't want to wear a pride jersey. It shouldn't be jammed down his throat. He, he can do whatever he wants and support whatever causes he wants at his own peril and discretion. In the same way, if you want to express yourself and support uh, an indigenous you know, tribe or, or whatever it is, council, by all means, go ahead and do so. So I think it'll be interesting. The Wild uh, play at 8.30 Eastern, 6.30 Mountain tonight. Um, I think there's a chance that we could see him maybe test the NHL here and say, what do you like? You didn't find Travis Dermott for using pride tape. Are you going to find me now for supporting a worthy cause? Well, and how much is the fine for some of these guys that are multimillionaires? That's really going to make them bat an eyelash anyway. But right? it shouldn't like, be a fine to begin well, with. No, it's fair like, enough. Like, yeah. We're, but, we're missing the point. Like yeah. it, it's like, doesn't matter what, what it is. You, you can't be going after players for, for freedom of speech and, and the ability to express themselves. Frank, I'll, I'll wrap up uh, with one more for you here. Certainly in uh, in oil country, the Oilers' struggles has been a big story, and I get the sense it's a big talker around the league when I look on websites mm-hmm. or social media, YouTube, stuff like that. Um, at this Thanksgiving, do, do you have a top three stories in the NHL this year so far? Well, I'd say the Oilers, for one, are certainly a topic of conversation. It's been a day-in, day-out sort of, you know, interesting thing to watch. It's almost been like a car crash from back out east. Like, you can't really take your eyes off of it. And I I just find the whole thing to be so inexplicable. Like, I can't remember in any sport a true championship-caliber contending team just falling flat on their face out of the gate and putting their season in jeopardy like the Oilers have. So that's been one. Um, I would say just down Highway 2, the Calgary Flames have been a a story that have quieted down a lot uh, these last couple weeks because they've played better. But with the trade request and the sort of feels like near constant drama, the Nikita Zadaroff stuff and, and what was circulating back last summer, like they've got some big decisions to make as well. Um, and then a third topic, it's a good question. It might well be um, what we just talked about with pride tape and, you know, something that's sort of simmered under the surface here that I don't think players are very happy about being told what to do, what to think, and how to act that is sort of stuck in their crawl, and rightfully so. Well said, Frank. Uh, great opportunity for me to talk to you. Maybe someday we'll meet in person for sure. Uh, so is it Eagles Bills on Sunday? Eagles Bills on Sunday afternoon, two twenty-five Mountain Time. Well, uh, well. Speaking of teams that were supposed to be championship contenders, the Bills have been quite middling, haven't <laughs> they? Re- compared to expectations, they have, yeah. but at least their season's alive, and at fair least enough. they have a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, thanks for doing this, Frank. Well, I think Bob, Bob, will be back with you next week. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, sounds good, Reed. Have a great weekend. Frank Cervelli checking in for Horse Racing Alberta. Enjoy the opportunity to talk to him for sure. Reed Wilkins in for Bob today. Okay, uh, we're going to do Oilers game day trivia. It is a game day, even though the game already happened. Oilers beat the Capitals 5-zip. It's presented by Pro-Am Sports. Fan cave and fan gear specialists for all budgets. All correct answers are entered in to win an original autographed seat back from Northlands Coliseum signed by 12 legendary Oilers, including Grant Fuhr, Mark Messier, and more. Check out proampsports.ca or visit them, 12728 St. Albert Trail in Edmonton. 
All right. So Derek Scott. So Derek, you. This is a text competition, right? A text contest. Absolutely. So yes. you. So somebody has to text in, and they got to put their first and last name on it as well, or first name. Do you get back to them? I'm not sure how Bob does it. Yep, that's right. Uh, they text. Because on in. Inside Sports, we just kind of go to people's homes and give them the gifts. <laughs> well, let's do that. You and I are no, doing we're not gonna, else. We're not going to do that. Okay. Uh, all right. So. So if you get this question right, so it's the first person who texts in the right answer to seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yes, correct. All right. So the last time the Oilers shut out the Capitals was October twenty eighth, two thousand and six. They beat the Capitals four nothing here in Edmonton. Which Oilers goaltender got the nineteen save shutout? Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three to get into the draw to win the. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Original autographed seat back from Northlands Coliseum, signed by 12 Oilers. We'll uh, give you the right answer when we get back. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, that was a pretty straightforward question. Dwayne Rollison got the shutout when the Oilers beat the Capitals 4-0 back on October 28, 2006, until... An hour ago, a little over an hour ago, that was the uh, last time the Oilers shut out the Capitals. Stuart Skinner does it today, 5-0, 25 saves as the Oilers end the road trip with a victory. Some guests on Oilers now get gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal's an occasion at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Tell Chris and Chef Atliff that Oilers now sent you. We're going to visit with John Shannon. We're going to meet uh, Russ Houston, former Golden Bear, who played with Chris Knobloch, now the head coach of the Oilers. And uh, we have some of your uh, interesting headlines, newspaper headlines, summing up the Oilers' win today. You can send those in to 780-496-0063. We'll give away a canned ham T-shirt or two as well. Read in for Bob today on Oilers Now. <laughs> 